Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are launching a new series this morning, and I'm so glad that you have decided uh, to join us. I hope that this next hour of your life, as we've already begun singing and welcome each other on the chat, I, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you so far, and I hope today that you will leave uh, encouraged and challenged uh, in your own walk with God as you take next steps uh, towards Him. And so I just want to start by kind of defining uh, some terms so we're all on the same page. As you have seen the graphic for this series, it's called unfazed. And what unfazed means is this, you're not disconcerted or perturbed. Now it's interesting, sometimes when you define a word, sometimes those words are even more confusing. And so those words, disconcerted or perturbed, is just unsettled or anxious or confused. And so to be unfazed, uh, there may be things that are going on, and certainly in our world right now there are, that can unsettle us, that can cause a lot of anxiety. But in the middle of that, it's not overwhelming us to the point where we we can't move forward. And so this is what uh, this series is all about. We actually want to look at how does God help us in the middle of all the things that we're facing right now. And I was talking to my wife, Samantha, last night, and I thought at the end of 2019, if we were to kind of create what would be all of the issues that could happen in 2020 to just cause havoc, I don't know if we would have come up with already what we've experienced. If you look at what the issues we're dealing with today because of the pandemic, because of uh, just issues of, of race and Uh, conflict and all these things, things like health and wellness, school systems, politics, race, conflict, freedom, the well-being of the group compared to the individual. If if we were to like look at those as individual, you know, subjects, I mean, you could see, oh man, this is going to cause a lot of problems. But little did we know at the end of 2019 that we would be facing all of these at the same time as we begin this new year. And so 2020, we're halfway through but hasn't it felt like a long year already? So when we talk about being unfazed, it doesn't mean that we, we stick our head in the sand and we ignore what's going on. Instead, it means that in the middle of this, we actually look as this an opportunity for God to help us grow. And I wanna just kind of give a series a preview of, of where we're gonna be heading over the next few weeks. And I hope these, these subjects will not only help you in your life, but you know, help you kind of dig into God's word about what he says. And so here's a series preview of unfazed. Week one, that's today, we're talking about being unfazed by distraction. This is uh, things that vie for our attention. This could be busyness. This could be confusion. This could be the media. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Week two, we're talking about being unfazed by intimidation, Uh, just fear, anxieties, potential threats that we have in our life. Uh, Week three, We're going to talk about being unfazed by uncertainty, certainly what we're facing right now, panic, the unknown, worries that tend to plague us and just are heavy burdens upon us. Week four, unfazed by sickness. Again, we're living in a time where we're all a little concerned. This pandemic, COVID-19, what does that mean for us and our family? What does that mean for us in our community and sickness and even the fear of death are things that, that actually can phase us. So what does God have to say about that? And then we're going to close out this, this series looking at week five, unfazed by culture. If you follow Christ and you're a Christian, 
then you're living in this culture, but we're actually supposed to live a different way. So how do we live in this culture, make a difference, but at the same time, still maintain a Christ-like identity? So I hope in all of these weeks, there's something that God specifically speaks to you about. But I will say with everything going on in our life, the things that are weighing on us, it's easy to be burdened. And I just wanna let you know that if you are feeling burdened, if you are feeling overwhelmed, you are completely normal. I was just reflecting uh, in my own life of the things that, that I've been dealing with, and I felt so many different emotions. Some days are good, some days are bad. I can be easily frustrated, discouraged, feel isolated. We're living in a time where we take two steps forward, things like get back to normal, and then it seems like it goes back to just isolation, quarantine, and that, that can just be overwhelming. It feels like this, this cycle that we, we can't get off of. And I was reflecting two years ago, we and my wife and I, we were in Jamaica and we were on a, a vacation celebrating our anniversary. It was before the launch of Ridgeview Church and we decided like, let's, let's go on this trip to really celebrate, you know, not only our marriage, but this season of life that we've had and this new season that's going to be upon us. Well, in Jamaica, as you can imagine, they are huge Bob Marley fans. In fact, the resort where we stayed is right near his hometown and every day I would wake up and sometime during the day, I would hear this song. Let's listen to it together. I don't know about you, but I love that song. Doesn't it just feel like you gotta put your shades on, you gotta bob and weave? But I believe that song is what all of us want to hear, that every little thing is going to be all right. Well, as you saw the images on that slideshow of the song, well, everything would be all right if we were on a vacation, just like we were two years ago, but vacation ends. And there just comes a time where you have to take the sunglasses off and you have to deal with reality. And so today we're talking about being unfazed by distraction with everything that's going on, not running away from it, but leaning in, moving forward to make progress. But I wanna talk a little bit about distraction, again, to get us all on the same page. Here's the definition, distraction. A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Extreme agitation of the mind or Emotions. Now, that second definition I thought was interesting. It's this extreme agitation. I don't know about you, but I've been agitated. I have been frustrated. I have been distracted. Well, here's the definition of agitation. A state of anxiety or nervous excitement. The action of briskly stirring or disturbing something, especially a liquid. And then the action of arousing public concern about an issue and pressing for action on it. So the bottom line, whether we're distracted and that distractedness leads to agitation, at the core of being distracted is just the sense of we cannot focus. 
It's as if all these things are getting our attention at the same time. We don't know what to look at. Because we don't know what to look at, we don't know where we're headed. And it becomes something that we try to make progress, but as soon as we get distracted, our progress slows. Uh, Here's another clip from one of my favorite animated movies called Up. See if you remember our friendly character, the dog. Speak! Hi there. Look! Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. Bruh! My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! Now, again, that clip, I think, illustrates very clearly what happens to all of us. He had a plan. He was communicating his purpose, his reason for existing, and then in the middle of this explanation, squirrel! And that's what distractions are for us. There are these things that just kind of go in front of our field of vision. And all of a sudden we're headed in a direction and we see something and we drift towards it. And we we don't even realize it. Most of the time when we talk about distraction, when I think about it in my own life, I can't really talk about distraction for long before getting into technology, my phone, the things that buzz and beep at me all throughout the day, notifications, we all have them. During our media fast for Ridgeview, I turned off all notifications on my phone and it was amazing how less distracted I was. But beyond that distraction of media, social media, news, our phone, the incessant just news coming our way all the time, there's also a sense of distraction that we're facing right now where we're distracted by confusion. We're distracted by actually not knowing what to do. So not only is there all these squirrels, but there's actually just a sense of being paralyzed by distraction. Like I have all these things that I could do, but I don't know what to do. So we're overwhelmed by options. We're overwhelmed by just things that we've never faced. And here in our world right now, we're facing things that we've never encountered before. As a church, we've encountered things. Just how do we still do church together when we can't meet physically? As a family, we've experienced this as well, and all these new things lead to distraction or this sense of, I'm I'm paralyzed, I don't know what to do. And like I mentioned, this is real. In my own life, these emotions have been heavy, I've been burdened. As our family, we've tried to talk through where we are, where we're headed, and and be real with these things. And, And that's the good news as we turn to God. He helps us with what we're facing right now. So when we talk about being unfazed, it doesn't mean that, again, we don't care or that we ignore what's going on in our world. It actually means that God has put us in a prime position where he can make a difference through us. And that's what he wants to do. As we're unfazed, we can actually relate and we can make a difference in our world. So we're distracted by so many messages coming our way. We're distracted by plans, predictability, people, all these things that we thought were going to happen that haven't. But I want to talk about, in the middle of all those things, this idea of attention, because the opposite of of distraction is, is attention. And I think that's really important to remember, because whatever has my attention has my direction. Have you ever seen something driving, and maybe it's somebody pulled over to the side of the road, and you're trying to see what's going on, and you start to look. Isn't it interesting when you start to look that way that you actually begin to turn the steering wheel towards what you see? And that's how it is in life. What gets our attention gets our direction, and we begin to head in that way. So what do we do? 
With all these things vying for our attention, with that feeling of confusion or being paralyzed, of just experiencing things for the first time, what do we do? Well, in this series, we're going to be digging in to the Psalms. The Psalms, uh, when I was growing up, I could always remember they were in the middle of the Bible. They're in the Old Testament. These are actually the prayer and praise book of God's people. And they have been for the last 2,500 years. When we're facing things that we don't know what to do or how to do it, when we're trying to figure out the way forward, the Psalms are actually a guidebook for this. We're going to look primarily at these Psalms. These are prayers. These are actual, not just abstract ideas, but these are prayers of people, many written by David, who was the king, who faced many troubles. Many of these are are not just abstract ideas, but real accounts of people struggling, people wondering what they should do, where they should go, how they should do it, many of the things that, that we face today. And they were collected during a time of the Babylon exile. And these were the Israelites who were not in their hometown. They were exiled in Babylon, a land not their own. They were oppressed and squeezed and stressed and overwhelmed. And so when we read the Psalms, we read a group of people that really wrestled with life and its complexities. We can dig in to these accounts of people that in the middle of everything going on and the darkness that they're experiencing, they're looking to this ray of light and saying, God, will you help us? And so in this series, we're gonna dig into this prayer book. And my prayer for us is that we, as we dig into the Psalms, these can become our prayers as well. These can begin to kind of be the, the map that, that leads us forward. So whatever gets our attention gets our direction. And the Psalms are written for us to kind of put our direction towards God. Now, why why is that important? Well, I believe now more than ever of this truth, and it's this, that God wants to get our attention. With all that we're facing right now in 2020, all the things that we're dealing with, again, the agitation, the frustration, the confusion, in the middle of all these things, God wants to get your attention. He wants to get my attention all these things that we're facing that we don't know what to do, God's saying, you know what? I'm here. I will guide you. I will lead you forward. But he can only do that as we look to him. So more than anything, I believe what's going on right now is God wants to get our attention. So as we kick off, how do we be unfazed by distraction? How do we give God our full attention? Let's begin with Psalm 1. And I want to read that first six verses and then kind of break that down. Let's read it together. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, it's very interesting. The first Psalm begins with a word that I think all of us can relate to and all of us would like, and that is to be blessed, to be happy, to experience a well-being And there's two main things to focus on in this psalm. The first is 
there's an action and an image. And the action is God saying that blessed are you if you don't pay attention to anything else but me. Blessed are you. It will go well with you. It's in the middle of everything you have going on. You keep looking towards God and the help that he brings. Blessing comes when God has our attention. So that's the first thing. When we give God our attention over anything else. The second is an image. There's this focus of this tree that, that's blessed. Now, if you look at the tree on the, the series uh, image for unfazed, you see that this tree is, is, is doing well. But notice the land by it. It's dry. It's trying to get to this water source. And that's a lot of how life feels. In the middle of things that are, are dry and the soil of our life feels hard and, and life feels overwhelming, we actually can prosper. We can experience like this, this flourishing. And that's what God wants. So Psalm 1 begins, blessed are you, it will go well with you as God has your attention. And then notice the tree and the flourishing that comes. And I want to kind of dig into that by looking at three aspects of how this works. And it's to be separated, it's to be saturated, and then it's to be situated. So let's kind of block this psalm out, one kind of verse by one verse. First is separated, Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Now, there's a progression here in this first verse. So blessed, so again, well-being, is for those people that, that stay away from certain things, and it's this walking, then it's this standing, and then it's this sitting. And first is blessed if, if you stay away and you, you don't go near the counsel of the wicked. Now, walking here is this idea of it's not just talking about walking for walking's sake. It's this walking where you're walking towards this counsel of the wicked where you're considering it. You're enticed. And so when God wants to get our attention, what he at the core wants us to begin to think about is, am I going near values, ideas, people that really don't represent what's right? Am I getting close to things that are going to kind of cause me to drift? And so there's this walking where we begin to consider other things. Um, do this. It won't hurt. This will be best. We, we can tell ourselves this all the time, even though we know there's certain things we shouldn't do because they're wrong. So the first is stay away from this walking near the counsel of the wicked. The second progression is standing in the way of sinners. Now, standing in the way doesn't mean you're, you're blocking the way of sinners. It's, it's actually the way is talking about this road that you're, you're standing along the path of these sinners. Like you want to kind of have a little bit of what they have. Again, as people get into sin, sometimes sin seems so appealing. You notice that? The very things that we shouldn't do, it seems like as people do it, man, it goes well. Certainly materialism, greediness. It seems like, well, if you can get all this stuff and you can hoard it for yourself, there's a certain enjoyment that you have. Well, the psalmist is reminding us that as you stand near that, uh, you're, you're slowing, you're orienting your way to things, again, that, that aren't pleasing to God. And so you have to be careful what you stand near. You have to be careful who you stand near. And certainly these are offers of more success, fun. Like the good life exists here. And God is saying, well, you have my attention. This is the good life. And do you know in our hearts, we're always being pulled to walk in a way 
away from God. Life is a battle. Following Christ, when you decide to follow Christ, you make a decision to do that, but every day is a battle where you have to make that new decision. Okay, God, I'll follow you. Today I surrender to you. I wanna do life your way. But we're always in danger of kind of walking towards the wrong path, standing near the values and beginning to buy in the things that aren't pleasing to God. And and the final progression is not sitting in the seat of, of scoffers. Now, a scoffer is somebody who mocks or ridicules what's right. And we certainly live in a time where culture can have that just right in place. Like things that are right, the culture says, that's wrong. The things that are wrong, the culture says, no, that's right. And notice as you begin to walk in this way, and then you begin to stand in this way, it ultimately leads to sitting. And what the psalmist is saying is when other things besides God get your attention, the values of this world, the things in our heart that we long for, that we may try to find outside of God, fulfillment, purpose, happiness, ultimately what happens is is your progress slows. And as you were once going towards God and his ways, you've begun to stand begun to walk and sit all in this other value system. And it just can suck you up and take you out. And so when God has your attention, you're not looking at any other thing. You're looking towards him and the help that he brings. I think this picture in real life is like, as you see an accident on the side of the road or somebody pulled over, it's easy, right? They call it rubbernecking where all of a sudden you're driving and you see something. And have you ever noticed that so many traffic is caused by just people looking at things that's not necessarily something they need to be concerned with? Have you noticed that? And it happens on both sides of the freeway. You can have an accident on this freeway and the people on the other side have slowed as well because everyone wants to see. And that's kind of how life is, especially as it relates to sin. We all want to see what it is. Can that be a value to me? And before we know it, again, our direction has been caused by our attention. So the psalmist is saying, watch out. As you get into that mode, you need to be careful. So that's the first, separated. How can I separate from all those things vying for my attention so that God can have my attention? So what are some of those things? Well, the first is security gets our attention. We want to be secure. And there's times where we trust in God where our security isn't known straight away. Like we don't see the immediate result. Because God may say we need to wait on something. God says we may need to be patient. So security is one of those things that it's easy for us to kind of get our attention and get off track. Another is, is comfort and convenience. Certainly right now, that has been taken from all of us. Things that we maybe even took for granted. But as we look at you know, comfort, security, convenience, all those things, it's easy again to say, God, I've been waiting. I don't have it. I'm going to do this on my own. Another is just the approval of others. We shouldn't want the approval of others, but for most of us, we really care what people think. And as we go in that mode and really look for people to accept us and for us to be okay, then they become the people that, again, they have our attention. And as they go a certain way, we follow them. Our own competence, the value we have in what we do, our you know, materialism to, to get more and more, all these things, this is what gets our attention. And this is real. This is just steeped in American culture. All of these things are, are valuable to us and in most cultures around the world. 
So we have to become separated from those. Well, well how do we do that? Well, that's the second part. So once we're, we're separated, then we need to become saturated. Here's what Psalm 1-2 says. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So as we're talking about distraction, I think we're in a time now where as things are unsettled for people, as people are phased by what's going on, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when people are unsettled, voices begin to fill the void. Everyone telling us what we should do. It doesn't take long for you to dig into the news, dig into social media, for just the opinions of what everyone should do are flooded at all of us. And it can become saturated to this point where you're just hearing these messages, do this, and then you read something the next day that says, don't do that. And you're just feeling like you're correcting and you're just like this car that keeps swerving. Oh, no, that way. Nope, this way. And you're just, can't make any progress. So what the psalmist is saying is like, as you give your attention to God and you become separated by some of those voices that can distract, you have to be saturated and you have to get filled with God's voice himself. Again, God wants to speak to us, but many times we can't hear it because it's drowned out by so many other voices. And so when the psalmist is saying, you delight in the law of the Lord, it's easy to read that, but what does that actually mean? I was thinking in my own life, what do I delight in? Well, my wife and I, we went on a, on a date. We sat out the outside patio recently, and there was a delight that spending time together as a couple, eating a nice meal. Certainly that, that added delight. Spending time with, with family and friends, that can add uh, delight. Somebody gets you a gift, they're thoughtful, that adds delight. It's a certain thing where like, it just brightens up your day. Now reading God's word? What? Delight? I don't know about you, but I've spent most of my life not thinking that reading God's word is what delights me. Many times, reading God's word feels like a chore. Does it feel like that for you? You may read God's word and you don't understand it. You may read a whole chapter and you're turning pages in the Bible or you're looking on your phone and before you know it, you've checked out, you've tuned out and you have no idea what you've read. If that's you, that's normal. I have this struggle all the time. So begin to, to think, okay, God is saying, get, I want your attention focus on me. And then I want you to become saturated. I want you to delight in my word. There's just a part of us where we have to just recognize that that's actually something that that we have to ask God for. To delight in God's word is something that doesn't just come within us. Like we don't have this desire by ourselves. We actually need to ask God, God, will you give me a desire to delight in your word, to be saturated in it, to really want to soak it in so I can learn Again, if God wants our attention, he wants our attention right here and right now, he will speak through his word. The Bible is given to us to give us direction, to give us help, to give us perspective on what we need to do and how we need to do it. It's not general, it's specific, it's relevant. Even though it was written in a different culture in a different time, it speaks right now, 2020, to all that we're facing. And so we must become saturated. We, we must, all the things vying for our attention, decide I'm going to devote time to God's word. Now, again, if you're new to following Christ and you may have not read the Bible for much of yourself, I encourage you to just dig in and begin to read parts and ask God to speak to you. 
as you read it, you'll see it. Wow, it, it is alive. It, it speaks. It's, it's relevant. It's helpful. And you may not delight at first. It may seem still kind of overwhelming or it may seem boring. And, and that's okay. Don't give up. And you may have followed Christ for a long time. And I could mention a verse and you've heard so many sermons on that verse or you've read that verse yourself. I want to encourage you in this season I pray that God will give us a new delight for his word, a new look at the words that he's given us. And as we're saturated in that, we can get help. At the men's breakfast we had this past week, I talked about uh, the, the help that God gives in times of adversity. And we talked about three Hebrew words that God promised Joshua as he overtook Moses for the leadership of the Israelites to lead them into the promised land. And the three words were, be strong, be courageous, and be careful. Hazak, be strong. That's the Hebrew word. Amatz, be courageous. But that third word is shamar, be careful. So it's very interesting. All of us want strength and courage. We all want to move forward and progress in this life. But notice the promise that God told Joshua is the same promise today. If you want strength and you want courage and ultimately you want to be unfazed and you want to encounter all that you can with hope, you have to be careful. And what God told Joshua is be careful to do everything I've told you to do. Meditate on my word day and night. He's telling him delight, make it a priority, orient your life around God's word. If you want your life to make a difference and you want to have something that actually you can build your life on a foundation, it's God's word. Nothing can replace the truth found in the scriptures. If you begin to build your life and put it into practice and see God come through, you're standing on a firm foundation. And this is what everyone is longing for right now. We're all realizing all that we've placed our confidence in so far this year. Again, our plans, maybe people, the predictability of our own schedule, and all of that is just cracked and we begin to kind of wobble on this foundation. So what does it mean to be, be saturated? Again, we've talked a little bit about delight, and that certainly is, there's a sense of we, we want to get into God's word, but to be saturated means that we actually trust God's angle on things. And as you dig into God's word, it's you're going to the almighty creator God and you're asking him, God, how does life really work? What, what's important? What are the things I should do? What, what should I not do? And there's a certain delight that you get this wisdom and you get this understanding and you get God himself saying, well, I'm glad you asked. Here's what I think about this. Oftentimes we miss this kind of relational dynamic of God's word. It's his, his book to guide us. It's this counsel. It's these warnings. But so many times in my own life, I look every other way for things getting my attention. And God's saying, Alex, I have what you need. It's in my word. And not only that, because I love you, I've given you my Holy Spirit, and I will allow this word to really speak to you with what you're facing right now. So that's what it means to be saturated. God, I trust your angle I trust your perspective, and not only do I trust it, but I need it, and I need it so desperately. So to be saturated means we go to God with our attention, and we ask Him and trust Him to speak. So to become saturated, we need to be separated. 
Again, we need to to focus on God's voice and his attention. The third S is this leads to us being situated. So separated, saturated, and now situated. Let's look at verse 3, Psalm 1-3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. So again, the psalmist is wanting us to focus on this image. The action, God needs my attention. The image is this tree that's flourishing, that despite all that's going around, it's connected to the water source. And the water source here is this picture of, again, God's word, his ways in him, him himself. It's the sense of like, as I connect to him, I can flourish. It's, it's a promise. In my front yard, I've been working over the last few months on trying to revitalize my grass. And I have a tree that I've been trying to kind of trim. And my yard is in bad shape. Sometimes it seems the harder I work, the worse it gets. Now, that's probably saying a lot about me as a gardener. But there's a picture here of, of the tree in my front yard. And you'll see there the roots are totally out of the ground. And then, I don't know if you can see, if you look a little closer, you'll see all those leaves. Right now, this tree is withering. I don't think it's getting enough water. When we moved in, these roots were exactly where they are now, above ground. And the tree is trying to do all that it can to survive. But a tree is actually meant for its roots to go deep. And it situates those roots deep in so so it can have the nourishment. And that's what a healthy tree does. So I've been cleaning up tons of leaves right now. It feels like fall in the middle of summer. Every day I wake up, there's new leaves that this tree is just kind of withering. So I'm trying to do my best to, to save this tree. And then at the same time, my grass has some issues. And so early this spring, I planted some new seed where the grass was worn and this seed took life and I begin to fill in. And then now here's what it looks like. That grass is not healthy I may have filled in some patches, but I think the dirt looked better than that does. It's dried out. It's withered. And at this point, I'm watering it, but but it's not helping. And this is actually what the psalmist is wanting us to see. That when other things get our attention besides God, it doesn't matter our intentions. It doesn't matter all that we hope for. If God doesn't have our attention, we will not flourish. If God doesn't have our attention, we will not flourish. I I need to hear that today. I hope that you need to hear that. Because it's so easy for us to get caught up right now with everything going on and we are just running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Isn't that kind of how life feels? We don't know what we're going to do. We're just trying to figure it out and we just keep bumping into things. What the psalmist is saying is if you give God your full attention, If you ask God to speak to you for help and perspective, look at this tree. Look at this tree that that draws its source from water. It's healthy, it's vibrant, and it flourishes. And it provides shade and it blesses. That's the promise. So as we're unfazed by distraction, that means that above everything we have going on, we're willing to give God our attention I want to just close with that premise. What if more than anything right now, God 
is allowing all these things to happen in our life and in our world so that he will have our attention. Again, this is not how I predicted this year would go. This is not my preference of how things would happen. But what in the middle of this? God can get our attention in a brand new way. Certainly for me, I'm looking to him regularly. I'm asking new questions. I'm looking in in my life and trying to figure out what I need to do and and how I need to do it. And, And I'm sure that's the same for you. But I want to encourage you, you don't have to be just floating aimlessly trying to figure that out. Again, God, as he has your attention, will give you direction and you can make progress. So where are you feeling withered? Let's go back to the, the imagery. Where, where are you feeling dried out? I believe that that may be the very area that God wants to speak to you in. And that may be the very thing where he wants your attention. Are your relationships strained? Are you kind of overwhelmed by conflict? God's word has something to, to say about that. Financially, are you under it? Do you, do you feel nervous? about your, your own budget or maybe your, your financial future. Certainly right now, there's so much uncertainty there. Do you feel directionless? You're just kind of floating, bouncing from one thing to the other, and you're experiencing some pain from that. All these things God wants to speak to us about. So what I want to encourage you, where you're feeling withered, is the very place where God wants to speak to you through his word. And so don't, don't beat yourself up like, oh, that's me, I'm dried out, I'm, I'm in trouble. No, actually, where you're dried out, God wants to say, I want to, to water. I want to give you life. I want to give you vitality. And where you have that rich water source of God's word, you begin to have new life in that area. So begin to think about that. What is it? that God maybe want to sing to you? Where is it that he wants to get your attention? Have you just begun to drift, maybe to ideas contrary to, to his ways? And you may not know God's ways full as you. You may need to experience that more. That's why we exist as a church. We want people that are unfamiliar with God and his ways to, to learn more about him so you can begin to trust and put your life in his hands. And so wherever you are today, I encourage you, Allow God to get your attention. And for me, it usually is this prayer. Again, it's the Psalms is this book of prayer. So as we close out, let's think, how do we turn this into prayer where it begins like this? God, you have my attention. I am overwhelmed. I'm distracted. I'm confused. I'm anxious. I'm unsettled. All the things that are the opposite of being unfazed, that's how I am right now. That's how I feel right now. And you just, you just confess that to God. You tell him the truth. This is where I am. And then the second part of the prayer is, but you have my attention. And will you speak to me? And as you, you admit that, and as you ask God, he will. He will speak to you. So in light of that, I want to encourage you to take some next steps. And I want to walk you through those this morning. Uh, the first is, this next step is, is just take some time to meditate on Psalm 1. This is what it's about, right? Attention means that I'm going to meditate and focus on God's Word. So for me, meditating means I need to get away from distractions. Maybe you need to to get to a place where it's quiet. You need to put your, your phone in the other room so you're not even tempted 
to grab it. You may need to just carve out a time. It could just be 15 minutes. Could you take 15 minutes this week and meditate? Meditate, you read it, you read it again. Maybe you read it out loud. Then you emphasize a word. And then you emphasize another word. And you begin to ask questions. What, what does that say about who God is? What does that say about me? Do I go against some of the, the warnings? And so again, you begin to kind of interact with God's word. That's what it means to, to meditate. You, you dig in. You don't gloss over. And so you may want to take that next step. The second is go on a prayer walk this week. Now, when you prayer walk, you may have never done this before. You pray with your eyes open. And for me, I'm, I'm kind of a, a person who likes to move. When I talk on the phone, I'm always walking around. I can't stand and talk on the phone. So prayer walking for me is helpful. But another reason it's helpful in this sense is that, again, the action is attention. And the action is to, to pray, God, you have my attention. I'm feeling withered here. Can you speak to me? But then it's also, right, the imagery and the focus is on this tree. So as you're walking, I think the psalmist is saying, pay attention to trees. Pay attention to things that are flourishing. Look around you for things that are withering. And in that, the psalmist is is encouraging us, like, learn lessons. And so recently, I've been doing that. I've been walking, and I've been paying attention to all the trees around me. Sometimes I take a picture. Like, wow, that tree looks healthy. Other times, like the tree in my front yard, it doesn't. But go on a walk and pray. God, again, I'm unsettled. I have all these things going on. Will you help me? Will you speak to me? You have my attention. And then just begin to walk and see what's going on around you. The third next step is for the first time, you may want to become a follower of Christ. What this means is, is that you're ready to become a Christian. The things that I'm speaking about today, you may have been somebody who all you've ever known is sitting and standing and walking near just people and sinners and scoffers that go against what God and his ways say. If you're ready to to turn away from that and give your life to Jesus, that's what it means to become a Christian. It means that I don't want to go this path of this value system that's not right. I, I actually want to live my life in a way that resonates and reflects God's ways. And as a church, we exist to help people decide that for the very first time. And then once you've decided that, to help you grow in Him. And so if you've never decided to follow Christ, I encourage you, make that decision today. If you mark that on the connection card, we will follow up with you. And the last next step is this. Decide to come back for the rest of the series. We're gonna be talking about relevant topics for your life, for our world. I encourage you, tune in so we can dig into these Psalms and ask God to speak to us. And then you may wanna consider inviting a friend and you can put the friend that you wanna invite on there There may be some people that, again, they're they're longing for some direction and their attention is everywhere. But God could use you to help get their attention. So I encourage you to think about that as well. I'm so glad you've decided to join us for week one. I can't wait for week two, which will start next week. Let's pray together that he will really give us the strength to give our full attention to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the fact that we can find strength and comfort and help as we give our full attention to you. Will you show us the things right now vying for our attention, whether it's security, comfort, 
the approval of others, whatever it is. Will you show us? And then God, will you just help us to give our full attention to you? This week as we dig in to the Psalms or any other scripture that we read, will you help it come alive? God, we want to delight. So so many times it, it's so hard to delight in your word because it seems just something confusing or maybe outdated, but God, will you give us fresh eyes to see your word? God, thank you that we can be separated, we can be saturated, and we can be situated in a way where we can really flourish and thrive. Thank you for being with us today. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.